And therefore sparked what we call the Reformation. The Reformation where the church basically disbanded. That's why there's so many denominations today. Because of the Reformation. That's why they are Reformed Baptists. We are Reformed Baptists. We are Protestants. We are Baptistic. We are confessional. And we confess the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith of 1689. That's where we find our heritage and our roots. In the Reformation. That is why it's a big deal. You may even ask, why are you talking about the Reformation? When we look at this text in Romans chapter 5, we see that we see one of the tenets of the Reformation, one of the five solas, that salvation is by faith alone. Alright? We see in chapter in verse 1 it says, therefore since we have been justified by faith. The Roman Catholic Church taught that salvation was by faith and works. It was a works based salvation. You can believe in Christ but you need to offer prayers to Mary. You need to, they basically worship Mary. We cannot, we will not spend the whole day arguing about that because they know it themselves. They actually know that they practice things which are outside of the scriptures. And this is what the, the, the reformers fought. They said, you, you know, we don't bring anything to the table of salvation. The Lord Jesus Christ saves us from sin. And how does he save us? He grants us faith so that we believe. Not to say, well, I need to believe in Christ, but I need to come with my own baggage, with my own works, like the Jehovah's Witnesses and the SDAs, what they teach. You need to come, you know, believe in Christ, but you need to wear long dresses. You need to eat meats, uh, you know, that is not, uh, you know, I think cloven or whatever. If you eat pork, you're going to hell. If you, if you worship on Sunday, you're going to hell. They've made salvation about something else that is not. And that is why the reformers said salvation was by faith alone. It nullifies every other thing that we want to bring on the table. And, that's, and hence we find ourselves with today's text. Where I am asking you the question, are you at peace with God? Have you believed in Christ alone? Through faith alone, or are you still in your sins? So, just a, a small background, so that we have a context. The book of Romans was written by Paul. It was written around 56 AD or 58 AD, 50 
68 years after Christ. And it is really, it is not clear how the church in Rome was planted. Some say that it was planted uh, by the saints that came at Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, they came, they received the gift of the Holy Spirit, they were saved, they went back to Rome, and hence that church was planted. That's, that's one of the explanations which I find very compelling and very convincing. And so, Paul had not yet been to that church in Rome. He was writing to them, but he had not been there. He longed to be there. And the city of Rome, Italy, had 40 to 50,000 Jews living in there. So the church in Rome had a mixture of Jews and Gentiles, which is why he later on writes Romans chapter 14, where he talks about the conscience, do not judge your brother, do not judge those who eat meat, uh, you know, do not judge one another. Seek to live in peace with one another. But the purpose of the book is to present the gospel in the most comprehensive fashion that Paul has done in his epistle. You will not argue with anyone who would say Romans is a comprehensive thesis of the gospel. Paul is basically defending the gospel. He's saying, this is what God has done. This is what you must do. And from chapter 1 to chapter 5, where we are, if I was to summarize it in one sentence, Paul is basically saying the following thing. He's saying, mankind is sinful. The wrath of God is being poured down from heaven. Mankind cannot be saved by the law, but by Jesus Christ. The law doesn't save you, but the gospel is not lawless. That's, what, that's, that's basically, if you read from chapter 1 to chapter 5, you will see that information. In one sentence. And really, the argument is happening in chapter 4, leading to chapter 5 is that Abraham was a believer. He was justified. Abraham believed God and it was counted to his righteousness. Abraham did not come with his works to God, but he believed God. Abraham was circumcised after he believed God. He did not believe God because he was that's very important. And it's to say that his gift of salvation was a gift from God. He wasn't saved because of what he did or because of his circumcision, but he was saved by the grace of God. That, that, that believing that Abraham did, where he says Abraham believed God and he was counted to him as righteousness. The believing, the faith is a gift from God. It is not something that we conjure up from in and within ourselves. We are not born uh, good or born believers. Or we, we don't have anything inside of us that can uh, believe in God. But when you believe in God, it is a sign that God has given you that gift of salvation. And the reason why I ask, are you at peace with God? Is because that's what the text is saying. 
I would like to give you three points from this text. The first one is the reason for, of this peace. The second one is the reconciliation that takes place. And the third one is the reaping that comes with this peace. Let's look firstly at the reason of this peace. Hear the word of God from verse 1. Paul says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, all right, we have peace with God. He gives this reason that because of the justification that you have received as a result of faith, you have peace with God. The reason why you may be a Christian in here or you have faith in Christ is because you have been justified. It's something that is declared upon you by God. It is not something that you do. We do not justify ourselves before God. Because we are sinners and we fall short of the glory of God. This is just a, a continuation of what Paul says in verse 23 of chapter 4. Listen to what he says. He says, But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone. He's talking about Abraham. But for ours also it will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. So his resurrection justifies those who believe. The, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, if we believe in him, justifies. We are declared righteous on account of Christ's faith. Not on account of our own work. That's why he says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith alone, we have peace with God. We are reconciled. Friend, I want to tell you this morning, if you have believed in Christ earnestly for salvation, you have peace with God. You're not at war with God. God is not at war with you. You're, you're a child of God. You're sitting at the table. God and man at table are sat down. You are eating together and enjoying the benefits of salvation. You are reaping the rewards of Christ. Not your own rewards. Because you brought nothing to the table. It's like a bring and share where you don't bring anything. But Christ has brought everything to the table. He's saying, this is my child. I love him. I love her. And that's what happens if you're a Christian. Martin Luther was born again through reading Romans chapter 1 verse 17. Where it is written, the just shall live by faith alone. The just, the ones who have been justified shall live by faith. It is through faith that you are saved. And it's through faith that you, you, you are kept. And that faith is not of your own doing. It's a, it's a gift 
from God. Friends, we see there the reason for this peace is that we have been justified. This is what the reformers thought. This is what the reformers thought. They said, you are not justified by faith and works. You are just justified by faith. And that's it. You know, I'll, I'll get on to this later. Why this distinction is very important. Because when you think about it, many churches will tell you it is just not enough to come to Christ. The gospel is not enough. You need to do something. There has to be works. You ask people when you evangelize, when you ask, how do I become a Christian? Acknowledge that you're a sinner and believe in Christ. They'll say, ah, what else can I do? I need to do something. And I'll say, no, no, no. You must repent and believe. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. It's not something that you do. It's something that is done. Salvation is not something that you do, friends. Something that is done to you. And the reason for this peace that we have is because of God Himself. If you're at peace with God this morning, it's because of God Himself. And if you're not at peace this morning with God, I'll tell you to repent, run to Christ, and say, Lord, save me from sin. Because even when we are saved by grace through faith, it is shown in our works. We're not saved by works, but we're saved by grace for works. So in other words, Paul doesn't run away from the fact that there is some sort of works that need to be exhibited to see that this person is a Christian. This person has been saved. This person is at peace with God. If they are restless, you see it in their lives. Restless. St. Augustine says, we are restless until our hearts find rest. Those who are not at peace with God are restless. You can see it in their lives. Blown by every wind, tossed and blown, they, they are troubled. says, since then we have been justified. And friends, I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you at peace with God? Have you been declared righteous? Not as because of your own words, but by God's grace. Well, justification is a declaration. Something that happens to you. And I'll get into this I've mentioned this before. This works-based salvation is seen. If you eat pork, 
you're not a Christian. Some changes. If you don't wear a suit, you're far away from God. And this is what the Roman Catholic Church did. They added works to their teaching. Salvation became burdensome. It became toilsome. It became painful. And as a result, people will be resenting and resenting God. Have you ever met people who when you talk about them, uh, talk to them about Christianity, they are bitter. They resent Christianity because people have made Christianity about works. Christianity is now about what you do, not about what has been done by God. And so it's all rules and, and, and laws. Do not do this. Do not do that. Do not do this. And people are running away from God. Because it's false teaching. They're scared. They don't know that salvation is a work from God. And if you're working, friend, I'll say stop working. And run to you cannot do it with your own energy, with your own strength. You can't. You need the sovereign, saving grace of God alone. Friends, this is the reason for this peace. Is that God has pitied a sinner, you a sinner. He has clothed you with Christ's righteousness and he declares you just because of what Christ has done. And the gift of God's grace is only received through faith. Not faith and faith. Sola fide, sola fide, by faith alone. Nothing in my hands I pray. Simply to the cross I cling. Because if we look to ourselves for salvation, we will die. If we look to ourselves for salvation, we'll be not sure about our salvation. If you look to yourself for salvation, you will lose your salvation. That's why that's why you meet people who are constantly in fear. Have I done enough? Have I loved God enough? Do you, uh, am I going to go to heaven? It's because you're looking to yourself, not to Christ. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace. We have. It's something that we've obtained. Of course, in the original manuscript, a script. It actually says we, we, we may have peace or we are having peace. But that's not the correct rendering. The correct rendering is we who are in Christ have peace. It's something that you currently possess if you're in Christ. It's not something that you will possess. It is something that you will possess. And if you see the text, what he's talking about, from verse 3 going down, he's actually talking about rejoicing in suffering. Have you ever met Christians who are at peace with God? Who even when the 
life really comes down there. It's not that it doesn't matter what has happened. No, it matters. But because there's a peace that surpasses all understanding, you are not troubled by the sorrows of life. It's different from non-believers. If, you know, non-believers, if they lose their property, or something happens, if you've ever been to a non-believer's funeral, the way they'll be crying, throwing themselves on the coffin, Romans chapter 8, verse 29 to 30. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. There we go, justification by Those he justified, he also Matthew Henry says the following, a, a blessed change takes place in the sinner's state. When he becomes a true believer, whatever he has been, being justified by faith, he has peace with God. The holy, righteous God cannot be, be at peace with the sinner while under the guilt of sin. Justification by faith takes away that guilt, so makes way. Friends, you cannot go to God at your own terms. You cannot be at peace with God without Christ Jesus. He will devour you in a second. You cannot stand before a holy God. If it wasn't for Christ, we all wouldn't be here because we can't stand before God. I, I wouldn't even be preaching the gospel because I'm a sinner. Who am I to preach the holy words of a holy God? Who am I? What am I? I can't bring my words. There's filthy rags. They're useless. And dear friends, if you are a Christian, do you understand the reason for this peace? That it is because of God's grace? How are you responding to this in your life? Is your life marked with gratitude for a great salvation? Is your life marked with dignity? Is your life marked with the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit that accompanies salvation? How is your life? What about to the non-believer? The truth is you have no peace. You have no reconciliation. You have no rest and you are troubled. You are restless. Your life is miserable because you are living a life apart from God. You think you are living or making it, but you are far from God. You are toiling and toiling, but they, you know there is no credible fruit. You pretend to be a Christian, but you are not.
You know it from the scriptures. You, your conscience bears witness that I'm outside the kingdom of God. I'm not at peace with the Holy God. I've not been justified. So repent. Secondly, I want us to see the reconciliation that takes place. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Now, the word peace there is erene in the Greek. It does not mean the peace that we think it means. You know, in our day and age, when we think about peace, we think about a serene environment where there's the mountains and butterflies, and we say, ah, peace. That's what we say. Ah, this is peaceful. You know, Zimbabwe is a peaceful country. <laughs> but what is being talked about here is more than that. It is deeper. It, 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 it means to reconcile parties that were at war against one another. So, that's why Paul is, that's the word day. We have reconciliation with God. And that reconciliation with God is through our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the mediator. He is the one that makes it possible for reconciliation to take place. That is why you need Christ as your mediator, because you will not be reconciled to God without the Lord Jesus Christ. Without the mediatory work of the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot be at peace with God. It is impossible. You can, that is why even when those who are toiling hard and working hard, their religion is baseless and fruitless because they're trying to do it by their own power. They need a foreign righteousness they need an alien righteousness. They need the mediatory work of Christ Jesus to be able to be a peace of God. That's what Paul is saying here. If you read the text, that's what the text is saying. We have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what John Gill says. He says, in fact, look, this is John Calvin. He says, the peace means tranquility of conscience, which arises from this, that it feels itself to be reconciled to God. The Pharisee. This the Pharisee has not, who swells with false confidence in his own works. Nor the stupid sinner who is disquieted because he is inebriated with sweetness of vices. For though neither of these seem to have a manifest disquietude, as he who is smitten with the consciousness of sin, yet as they do not really approach the tribunal of God. They have no reconciliation with Him. Our words are useless. 
He is my life, my strength, my soul. This cornerstone, the solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. Friends, don't look at you. Stop looking at your friends. They cannot save you. They cannot save you. Stop looking at other believers. They cannot save you. Look to Christ. Look to Christ for salvation. My friends, I hope you hear me this morning. You cannot jump the gates of heaven like border jumpers. You cannot pay your way to God. You cannot bribe God. There are no shortcuts. It's not You can't. You can't bribe God. There is only one gate. It is narrow. And is that of Christ Jesus. Have you entered the narrow have you really entered the narrow gate? Oh, friends. Oh, that we may think about our lives. All of us. John 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, I am the door. <laughs> And if you, if you enter any other way, you have not entered. Acts 4 verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men which we must be saved. Second, first Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. It's confirmed what Paul says. We have peace to uh, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I, I want you to grasp that this morning. If, if you've missed everything that I've said about the Reformation, about Sola Five, about everything, remember this. There is only one way to be at peace with God, and that is through Christ Jesus. That is, that, if, you, if you forget everything, remember that. It, it's all over the Bible. You can't miss it. Our works cannot save us. Anything else cannot save us. Only Christ. And Christ alone. It's not Christ and. It's Christ alone. The moment you say Christ and, you've had works, it's no longer the salvation that we see in Scripture. John 6.25, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. The London Baptist Confession of Faith, our confession says this in chapter 8, verse 9, summarizes what the Bible teaches about Christ's mediatory work. It says, this office of mediator between God and humanity is appropriate. I like how it goes. It's appropriate for Christ alone. It is appropriate. 
created. It is for him alone. Who is the prophet, right? The priest, the king of the church of God. This office may not be transferred from him to anyone either in war or in power. It cannot, it's impossible. It should not, it will never happen. The peace, the reconciliation that takes place is through Christ and Christ alone. Friends, I want us to look at the, the third point. The reaping that comes from this peace. It's right there in the scriptures. Let me read from verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Alright, we've seen that. Verse 2. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That's reaping. Those are benefits of the Christian faith. And I was talking about it this morning in the psalm, in the 67th psalm. When we're saying there are benefits to being children of God, one of them is to have His presence. That's the true blessedness, to have the presence of God as a child of God. Knowing that God is for you, God is with you because you have believed in Christ Jesus. No man can ever take away your gift of salvation. Brother, the flat can burn, crash and burn. Everything can burn in your home. And you can be left destitute, as you'd say, but you have Christ. That's enough. You have everything. You are rich in Christ Jesus. Perish the things of clay. Perish all the things we hold on to. Give me Christ. Let's look at him. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith. So, you see there, by faith alone, we have obtained access into this grace, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, into the kingdom in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God alone. Friends, there are benefits to being at peace with God. His wrath no longer rests on us, number one. We are at liberty to obey. We are at liberty to live a life that is set apart for the glory of God. Not fearing man, not fearing the world, not fearing the eyes of the world, not fearing the ridicule, the shame. We are, we are at peace to preach the gospel. That is glorifying to God. If previously you were, you were a womanizer in Christ, 
get married to one person. If previously you were a drug addict and you were a drunkard, in Christ you have the liberty to not do that. You are free. Number two, we are not at war with him. We enter through the narrow gates. In Christ alone, we are not at war with God. He's not at war with us. Of course, we'll be disciplined like little children for disobedience. God will whip you, my friends, if you disobey. If you are a child of God and you're doing things that are not glorifying to God, God will whip you and you will feel it. Either by taking away your things that you love, your idols. God will whip you. If God will even do something drastic in your life in order for you to be <laughs> reconciled. He may take away We are forgiven. Number three. We are declared just. You are sanctified. You are adopted. You will be sanctified continually. You are forgiven. You don't need to be guilty of sin. There are people who come, Pastor, Pastor, I'm guilty. I cannot forgive myself. You don't need to forgive yourself. Go to Christ. I feel guilty. You are doing with your own works. Trust him who has taken away all our guilt, who has taken away the sin, who has put on himself the sins of the world. Your sin. There's no need for you to be guilty. There's no need for you to remain, well, Pastor, I'm in sin, you know. I can't come out. Ah, I should not Repent and believe and move away from that. So the Bible says God will give us the power by the Spirit to defeat sin, to defeat certain things that are plaguing us. Number, number, number six, we are kept for eternity. That's glorious. That is glorious. It, it's seen here in verse verse. Uh, Verse 2, towards the end, says, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. This is eternity. This is redemption. The, the hope that is being spoken about here is assured. 
assurance. It's assured. It's not like where in this world say, I hope that one day, you know, we have a new government. That's a, a worldly hope. I'm talking about what Paul is talking about here is an eternal hope and assurance that Christ will one day, that in Christ we will one day be in heaven itself. With the whole host of the angels singing holy, holy, holy. And all the elect gathered from all the corners of the globe will be with our God. And He will be with us forever, never to shed a tear. Never to feel the pangs and the pain of this world. Never to feel the pain of losing a loved one. Death, where is your skin? We shall ask. Never to feel anguish and anxiety of what we're going to put on the back of our bodies, what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink. Oh, I need, you know, I need to add in a silence. There will be nothing like that. That's what Paul is talking about. These are the benefits of being with, you know, being at peace with God. You are at peace with Him on this earth. For eternity. Have you ever thought about eternity? Mind blowing. Forever and ever and ever. With Christ. And when you think about this, friends, all the love of this world and the promises that this world gives you fade away. They fade away. You are freed from works. You are freed from people's expectations, unbelievers. You are freed from worldly pressure. You are at peace with God. And this is what the reformers fought for. Because in the Roman Catholic system, you were not at peace with Those who thirst must go and drink. 
Those who are hungry, come and eat. Those who are weary, go and throw yourself on him. Not on yourself, not on your works. That's what the reformers want. Now I ask you again. Pray that by your sovereignty you draw them to yourself. 